0: Welcome to a brand new podcast I am Joe Aguirre This one's going to be a little bit different Uh, The fella to my right Who's actually directly across from me Is Robbie McCluskey uh, Who is uh, uh, Somebody I just recently met And I do a lot of podcasts As people know Somebody just called me the Suge Knight of Podcasts I don't even know what that means I don't know if
1: that's a compliment
0: Yeah, I took it as one I sure did. I don't know what it means, but okay. Usually people ask me to do a podcast with them. In the case of Robbie, it was me who asked Robbie to come be on a podcast with me. You undercut me. I would have done it eventually. I'm glad to hear that because um, you also could have said no. And I would have also at that point assumed there wasn't an invite coming uh but i'm i'm glad this all worked out the name of the show the working title we've got right now is called following flames that's correct and this is not about fires this is not a fire prevention this is not about maintaining forest fires or anything like that nope uh what this is about is uh, more or less humanity and the development of human beings to be the you know, it's funny. We were just talking with my wife before we started recording, and mm-hmm. she's in a battle with people she doesn't know on Twitter about. I forgot what she even said. It was about it. She was, was a, she was a bystander more so. Yeah, she's
1: in the she's in the stands,
0: but But, right? but she feels compelled to get into it, yep. and so uh, listen, communication is is paramount to humanity. Mm-hmm. And you know, Robbie and I were, were we discussed this for about an hour the other night. Um, my belief in how present day humanity came to, came to be about like what what was the shift somewhere between ninety and fifty thousand years ago where modern humans became sort of just like us. And the, the biggest aspect that I see, Robbie, that's exactly the same as the first real humans was the idea of sitting around a campfire, cooking some meat, mm-hmm. drinking a beer, camaraderie, right? Mm-hmm. Camaraderie just happens. Like, listen, when you're in a fire, one of two things is happening. Total kumbaya. Everyone's chilling out or someone's getting their ass kicked. Yep. It's one or the other. You're either going to have an amazing time, peaceful and fun, or someone's getting jumped.
1: Or there's the in-between moments where it's the only acceptable time for somebody to zone out anywhere else outside of a fire. You see someone zone out. They're like, you okay at a fire? Somebody zones out looking at the flames. And then the first thing somebody says after like an awkward silence is, man, I love looking at fire.
0: Fire's great. Fire's mesmerizing. Perfect zone out. Acceptability. Fire is an element. Mm -hmm. And it's the first element that humans mastered and that's pretty amazing when you think about it before wind before water humans somehow were able to harness fire now if you don't understand the connection to all this i'll explain it humans started cooking food lord knows how that came to be whether it was they had fire in some tight quarters maybe it was near the food the food cooked and they were like oh Oh, that's actually pretty good because here's the shift that happened with the cooking of food was the stomach shrank. The brain grew and we became obviously the most intelligent species on the planet. If you're not counting octopus, but we'll talk about them uh, on another episode. Yes, those things too much to talk
1: about. Fascinating topics.
0: Yes, sir. So here's the other thing. The oldest known recipe for humans. beer. It's go on. I, I would assume it would yeah. just be like a cooked steak. Yeah, you would have thought, but no. Uh, beer. They had beer pretty early on in things, and so again, I'm I'm thinking to myself: you're sitting around, you are cooking meat, drinking a brew, and as you're waiting for the food, what do you do? You just start conversations, and so what happens if you're like a prehistoric human? You don't have language yet. Mm-hmm. Right. You start to try to communicate. And of course, that's eventually going to lead to language, which leads to friendships and relationships, which leads to what happened about 11,000 years ago, where humans who, and I don't think most people know this, Robbie, that Homo sapiens were down to about three to 4,000 left on the planet. I don't think
1: odd skews in population
0: numbers from that long ago really
1: crosses people's minds but it is interesting to even contemplate being i don't know if we'd consider it an endangered species but definitely tiptoeing that line and to luckily come back from it especially when there's probably i mean we've killed off a lot of intense predators for sport or just for hunting purposes for a uh, clout but back then world's so much more populated with all those terrible predators so Tiptoeing the line just based on numbers, tiptoeing it also based on luck and the predatory nature of the
0: entire planet at the time. Louis C.K. does a really funny bit about how we removed ourselves from the food chain. And he was like, imagine if there were still like cheetahs chasing you to the bus stop like you would be dead. Uh, Imagine if you had to go out and hunt for your own food every day. Most of us wouldn't survive that first afternoon. Mm -hmm. Right. It would be it would be bad. I. I. So I got a book. Uh, it's called uh, "The History of Everybody in the World." It's by a doctor whose name is totally escaping me. He's a PhD. I'll tell you the name when I when I look out, look it up in a minute. But I read about the Human Genome Project. Do you know about? You know much about this? My oddly enough, my personal trainer's husband
1: worked for the company that mapped the human genome. So that's insane. He's a, he was a pretty high up, uh, high opera, uh, part of that company.
0: I I love that. So as I started to read about the Human Genome Project, I just became fascinated with Africa, mm-hmm. right, where where it all sort of began. And I I told you this. Uh, I'll just this is something about me that people should know, and you can laugh at this because it's funny. I watch a lot of videos about lion prides, like. In action, I've gone down stranger rabbit holes yeah um I have a favorite lion pride the Mapogo brothers uh one of the great coalitions in the history of lion coalitions in recorded human history right that's how much I like lions but because I'm just fascinated by and you know what what I what I think about Robbie is again like early modern humans Mm -hmm. how in God's name did they did, could they survive cuz look at us again understand for the last 90,000 years this is it this is what humans were surviving with they weren't fat we were smaller too height wise yeah we're shorter than we've ever been now that is correct that is 100% correct how in god's name were they able to compete with lions hyenas who actually have a, a stronger uh, Bite than lions do. Did you know that?
1: I didn't know that. No. Yeah,
0: they have one of the 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 strongest um pressure bite of, of any species. Um, it's comparable to alligators. I was gonna say,
1: alligators must be another one then. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, again, everybody knows all, alligators, crocodiles are very well known for the mm-hmm. for the the bite pressure that they put down. Hyenas actually are are better at or have a stronger bite than lions do. So, cheetahs and leopards, panthers. Jaguars, no matter where you go, mm-hmm. mountain lions, cougars. We're just
1: talking about big cats, which is just yeah. a
0: small percentage. Of yes, them. this is crazy too. Like, buffalo and rhinoceroses kill humans every year.
1: I mean, they still kill stupid tourists in Yellowstone. Yeah, they
0: do. Uh, bears, you know we'll talk a lot about bears on this show because you love bears. I love grizzly bears more than any other animal. Grizzly bears are on my top 10 list. I'll tell you honestly. And when it comes to outside of Africa, they're number one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love bears, bears and wolves. I'm fascinated by wolves. Something people might not know only that the alpha male and female mate. Mm-hmm. Yes. No one else. No one else is allowed to mate. Uh, in a wolf pack that's why they eventually have to leave and mm-hmm. go start their own packs because they want to be able to mate
1: that's a, like i heard survival of the fittest and
0: fighting for a mate but literally just keeping the top ones yeah and their cubs Jeez. get preferential treatment they're like the prince and, and princess of, oh, yes. of the pack so you know Class they got a yeah well yeah. and again you know in in not to be too weird but like in these lion videos you know uh you know the term the lion chair it's because the male lions whether they were in on the hunt or not they get first first sitting and they eat until they're full then the lionesses who actually are in charge of the pride mm-hmm. and do well, all the, the hunters they do all the hunting yep. and they get to eat next and then cubs and yearlings go after that. That's like three year old lions. That's and and again, if you're a male lion, you're about three years old. You just know one day you just get up and you're like, I gotta go mm-hmm. and you leave. That's crazy. Like they just know, you know, you don't have a 30 year old kid living in your basement and it, you know, you're like, all right, listen, junior, <laughs> it's time to get your life together. When you're a lion, dude, you're like three years old. Well, even with
1: even not even just lions, but other big cats are even way more secluded than that. They might be with their mother for a short period of time, then they're on their own.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh lions are the only social big cat. Mm-hmm. Um cheetahs and leopards, panthers, tigers, they're all solo snow artists. Leopards.
1: Snow leopards are just I, I I haven't I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that snow leopards will uh come back to a certain area, but just to find like the off chance of finding one mate, and then they obviously have to compete with other people that are returning to that area, other uh snow leopards that are returning to that area, and it's a completely almost perfect timing-based mating system for male snow leopards, which is obvious-I mean, the even the, the lion, the pride of lions mating rituals or mating processes make a little bit more sense than that it's it's amazing to think that these things have actually survived this long with human presences as well obviously because they're so
0: well camouflaged and so secluded in the mountains but big cats are fascinating uh, they're my favorite by the way uh the guy that wrote a brief history of everyone who ever lived is adam rutherford is a phd uh and it's an amazing book but I got super into it because of the human genome project. And now uh, they were able to literally trace back the first human Eve who gave birth to the first actual modern human. And she wasn't a modern human. Does that blow your mind a little bit? So she was, was the, the person she mated with a modern human by any means? I'm not sure. Well, cause she gave birth to the first one. So I would say no. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that perhaps he was a Neanderthal. Maybe she was. Uh, yeah. Maybe she was a uh, Devastonian. I mean, uh, plenty Denise of documents. breeding between that. the two. Yeah. And and this could be the result. Now, you know, one of the things that we were talking about the other night our uh, similarity to chimpanzees. Everybody knows, obviously, humans are, you know, primates in the great ape category. We share 97% of our DNA with chimpanzees. hmm And if you I love chimpanzees, I don't know how much you you watch chimpanzees. There's actually an island in Indonesia where it's they they live there and they're being closely watched and guarded and uh, taught to live on their own. But if you look at their arms, they have longer arms than they do legs. Kind of like what I think modern humans sort of look like. Now, and this is going to upset maybe some religious people, because I know evolution is something that some people frown upon. But if you look at the chimpanzee, you understand the DNA. It's so close. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're like, oh, they're they're furry, you know, red fur. And and but they're bipedal. They they walk on to. Um, they have a strong
1: you, understanding of the use of tools. Yeah.
0: Well, right. There you go. But think of the arms. Think about your own arms when you're if you are climbing in a tree, which we've all done in our lifetime. It's Very natural up there mm-hmm. for us we are the chimpanzees that came down out of the trees and stayed on the ground. That's why the longer neck and the ability to be able to look over things. That's what that comes from. Like that kind of stuff blows my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, to, to make the argument that there's no connection between us and chimpanzees, there are, there's a wide variety of different animals that just given the proper environments over a long period of time, could have started going in a different direction and evol- evolving slightly differently. I mean, even just based on some physical differences of humans, like we're all, we're all like a part of the same species, but not everybody looks like maybe different areas, uh, like people from extremely cold climates are extremely pale, um, just different physical differences. And we're not saying, oh, we have no, I mean, some of us who I would kind of argue might be kind of crazy in my view are saying we're completely different species, but I mean, little things like that. People evolve species in general, evolve over millions of years in a different fashion, given the environments that they come into. Yeah. So there's such a huge argument and a lot of proof that I would love to put out there. Um, not that a lot of people this day, like these days yeah. need, to be, need to be convinced um, that it's, uh, there's a, an existing connection between us. And I mean, it, like you said, chimpanzees is just the closest connection. And there's a lot of different species in the monkey kingdom that could have some not as close, but very similar styles of uh, DNA.
0: I like, I love watching monkey baboons, apes, gorillas. Dude, like you look in their face and you, you like, you feel like you're looking at something that's, very closely related to us. And I think that you're being intellectually dishonest. If you could look at a monkey, a baby monkey when they're first born and tell me that doesn't look like a human child.
1: They display so much of our uh, like emotional connections too, social connections, different interactions. I mean, there was even that video of the, the, the child that fell into the gorilla enclosure and people were freaking out because like the, the, um, Mother Silverback Gorilla was like interacting with it, and I think they actually ended up shooting the gorilla. But it was because it was a little child that fell in, and it was actually kind of covering it up, making sure it was safe where it was. Um, so they have that level of consciousness, obviously not on the human level, but the ability to interact. And I mean, yeah, it's you look at a you look at. I don't know if you've seen the movie Mighty Joe Young from Disney Channel. It was uh, I think Bill Pullman back in the '90s, Charlize Theron. It starts with like a baby, mo- a baby uh, gorilla getting losing its mother, as well as this child that was friends with it losing losing her mother. And it, it's just like a complete similarity and connection. Obviously, it's a movie, but they've been experience, like Jane Goodall experiences emotional
0: connections. Oh, with, sure. With oh, I'll tell you something crazy I saw uh, a lion and a tiger were in a reserve. And basically nope, no bears, giant cat. No, no bears, but in, in big cat, like it's like just acres, and they were separated by a fence, and they would both sit by the fence every day, and they got to be like friends. And one day they were like, "Should we let these two hang out?" And they did. Mm-hmm. And um, this tiger and this lion are like best friends. They, they basically form their own little pride together, like animals. So we're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff on this podcast. And, you know, I think when it comes to social issues in American politics, right, I, I do a I do a politics podcast on Fridays called the we stand mm-hmm. and like that's all fine and Well, I, I enjoy doing that. We're going to talk about some of this stuff again, only in the sense of like how the human mind works. One of the things I talk about on that show a lot and on other shows that I do and I think it's worth noting is seventy seven years ago, Robbie how old's your your grandfather late eighties okay so in his this dude's life we are
1: very close, but I don't know his exact age that he just caught me off guard there
0: i'm I was just glad you weren't like he's dead because usually when I ask stuff like that that's the answer I get. Like, yeah, he passed away four years ago. And I'm like, oh, geez. Reason I say it is, right, so this happened in his lifetime. Uh, I don't have any surviving grandparents. My dad's 75, so he was born, actually. I think my dad was actually born in 75. My like dad's literally almost the same age as your
1: dad. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. He was born in 49.
0: Oh, all right, good. So... And
1: in England, so.
0: That's pretty interesting. Pretty much
1: a brand new country just from rebuilding alone.
0: That sounds like something we'll have to dig into on this show as well. Um, but yeah, you know, just we're very tribal. Humans are tribal, and why wouldn't we be? We're animals. And I think if you can get over the idea that we're animals and not some special creature that was made in the image of God, if you can understand that we were a monkey. And and again, all monkeys and, and all primates are, are show higher levels of intelligence mm-hmm. and can do all sorts of really cool things. If you consider that humans are just an ape, everything about the way we behave makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah, and I I would argue in in the context of someone who might not believe that it's a lot of pressure to say you know we came we were created as this like golden image of god that's a lot of pressure to try and live up to as opposed to w- when i hear like we we come from chimpanzees i just like okay you know we've conquered a lot of things if i'm feeling down about myself i typically don't go to we used to be chimpanzees but it's like we've got a history of growth development conquering overcoming obstacles yeah as opposed to just being as dennis reynolds
0: would say golden gods I went to Catholic school, so I learned about creationism mm-hmm. and all that. And I remember the first time someone explained evolution or or explained that humans related to were related to the monkeys, I was like, "Maybe you are." And then I like looked at a monkey and I thought, "Ooh, yeah, I see it." Right? I mean, you just look and you see it, mm-hmm. and and you know, this is here's another one: pigs. Pigs share a lot of uh, similar, I think, ninety percent DNA uh, with humans, if I'm not mistaken. Now, have you ever heard a pig as it's being slaughtered?
1: Uh, yes, but it sounds like it's like a just. I've I've heard pigs squealing. I don't think like I've never been there firsthand account.
0: They sound like a child, a human child screaming. That's what it sounds like. And so I'll be honest, I haven't heard
1: a lot of human child screaming, but you're also a
0: dad. I'm a dad of four. So trust me on on what I tell you. It's what it sounds like. I remember the first time I heard these pigs being slaughtered. Don't ask me why I was watching that video, but to hear it, I thought, oh, dude, now this makes sense. Why people were anti ham and not wanting to eat. Like if you look at that little piggy face and you hear it screaming like a child. I could see where that wouldn't sit right with people a uh, so couple walking, thousand years ago. Joaquin Phoenix went to the, the
1: pig slaughterhouse after he won an Oscar just a couple of years ago. Trying to get attention probably through that.
0: I like animals a lot, but I am not by any means a vegan or somebody who, you know, listen, we're we got to eat. and And again, take out the religious crap. Consider we're animals. <clears throat> Animals eat animals, except for the animals that eat plants.
1: I would also say, have the animals considered tasting
0: worse? <laughs> I don't have a problem with veal either, I'll be honest. I, I like a lot of I like um, veal. stuff
1: I haven't gotten. I'll appreciate different tastes.
0: Yeah, veal, you know what veal is? It's like a baby calf. They don't even let it yep. get fat. They keep it in the cage, and they kill it, and you eat it, and there's very little fat on it. I learned all. about veal from Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to not like veal. I think when I first heard what veal was, I was like, no, that's not right. And then I ate it and I was like, no, that's that's very right. Don't have a problem with that. I don't like when people um, crack seals over the head and take their minks. I don't like that.
1: Yeah, that's uh, too barbaric. But then again, that's also us fighting off our animal nature, kind of.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, listen, I think I'm not a Donald Trump fan. I'll throw that out there today. But Donald Trump Jr. went like elephant hunting a few years ago, and mm-hmm. people were like, small dick loser. And that's probably true. I mean, he probably is a small dick loser. Have they ever looked at pictures of Teddy Roosevelt? I know it was from a different time. That's what I'm saying, dude, right? It's 512
1: like, different animals that he killed.
0: Yeah. You know, again, I it's a sport, man. And, and it's not a sport for everybody, mm-hmm. right? I mean, some people don't like baseball. <laughs> You know, maybe it's not for you. Uh, hunting might not be for you. I don't. I don't like NASCAR. I drive. I don't like NASCAR. I think that's stupid. Does that hurt your feelings? No, I like Formula One. I'm not a NASCAR fan. I, driving in circles doesn't seem like an art form or a sport in any way.
1: Yeah, that's what. Well, I, Formula One is a little played up now. Like IndyCar, Car, those with with more involved tracks. I think that's a lot more skillful. But then again, I've also never been in a nascar race so maybe i'm just
0: i'm sure it's exciting because you're driving really fast but i don't know an obstacle a windmill something you know because i jump i listen (laughs) you gotta have something it's you're just turning left what every mile or so well that's why they let the
1: crowds be exactly as crazy as they want to because that's the something
0: a lot of noise and people racing, and then the rest of the time is spent just looking at everyone around you. I I hate to say it, my grandmother was killed by a drunk driver, but I'll I'll make this joke anyway. I think if the drivers were drunk, as drunk as the crowd was at a NASCAR race, that might be more interesting. Yeah, don't you think? They would like have the Jeff worst. Gordon's weaving. <laughs> He's had four or five beers at this point. You know, we're on lap 60. And, uh, yeah, he's got, like, a whole, I guess they'd have to put, like, one of those um, helmets on with the straw while you're driving.
1: They would have to start out in, like, NASCAR in the sales department
0: just so they can get a reasonable insurance rate before they start <laughs> driving drunk in the circle at 170 miles per hour. Now, I will also point out uh, we are broadcasting in Connecticut where marijuana is legal. Mm-hmm. And I am coming from New Hampshire, where it is not. Uh, He's also coming from New Hampshire, where you can just walk around with a rifle unregistered, and no one's going to even ask you where you got it. But a unanimous support for
1: marijuana got vetoed <laughs> because we're not ready for it in the state.
0: Is that crazy, dude? Well, I don't know. If, uh, here's something people might not know. You know, a lot of people are getting their uh, their weed card in mm-hmm. states where it's legal. You can't also have a gun permit. I had, I yeah, yeah. It's an either or situation. You can have the weed, or you can have the gun, not both. And I don't understand that. Although, not to get political, but uh, I guess Laura Ingraham of Fox News the other night was mm-hmm. trying to make a connection between new stronger strains of marijuana and all of these new shootings that have been happening.
1: Yeah, I would argue that that is probably an opinion that someone who hasn't used marijuana would have clearly because also everybody reacts with drugs in a different way but i haven't come across somebody (laughs) that smoked pot and was like oh man there's a school i want to shoot up
0: yeah like there's a lot of innocent people i could kill now i struggle sometimes to make the run to taco bell you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to arm up, put body armor on, grab my weapons. That that's not happening on weed. No, not not at all. I've actually seen it made arguments in
1: uh, uh, political debates where someone uh, they were out, they weren't legalizing weed because they were arguing it, it posed a bigger risk than alcohol for drivers. Which I don't think there's a lot of de- uh, a lot of data thus far created for drugs driving. Which I. Don't support. However, he was typically like, I've never seen somebody take too, uh, uh, smoke too much weed and go home and beat their wife. Whenever I've seen someone on weed, they're like trying to drive slower than the speed limit because they think cops are everywhere. Yes,
0: let me tell you, you got to look this up on on YouTube. CNN, some years ago, did this incredible story. They brought a state trooper in, Mm -hmm. and they brought in a bunch of drivers. Of all different races, ages, uh, creeds, colors—the whole nine—a diverse group—and they got stoned and they drove on a course, an obstacle course. And the police officer's job was to say when he would pull somebody over. And he, he, they had they'd done this with alcohol, and he was like, you know, by the third time through, like they're done. Dude, let me tell you how the weed people did, okay? the weed people were like hitting a dozen times around. And the cop was like, yeah, no, everybody's doing great. And they talked to this girl and she was like, yeah, like I'm super, super baked right now. Plus I was already high when I got here. She went for like four more times through dude, but there was this other guy who also got there and was pie eyed when he got there and, mm-hmm. This dude went around the course, I kid you not, like 20 some odd times to the point where they just end like the cop was like, nah, dude, he's fine. I still wouldn't pull this guy over. Yep. And he had smoked like eight joints by that point and whatever, however many bong rips he took before he left his house to go do it. Mm -hmm. People that are on weed. Are, I, I just said on weed, on weed. like that's why, I that's my what grandfather. grandfather. I, that's
1: exactly why I stuttered before I said that earlier. I was like, "Don't say
0: doing weed." What it's are just... you doing the weed?
1: Are you on the weed?
0: Um, yeah, I'm
1: smelling the devil's lettuce.
0: As long as I don't call it the Google, I think I'm gonna be the all Google. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's when I know.
1: We're doing the bell check. Yeah, I'm not a. Uh, I'm not on Snap Face or uh, Snap you know, Face,
0: Insta face. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Uh, People, again, this is and and again, how many other problems do we have in this country where it's like people have formulated an opinion on, say, abortion, for instance. Mm. When I tell people and this comes up, obviously, on my politics podcast a lot. Who gets abortions? Who's the number one? uh, Abortion uh, uh, age bracket, do you think? Do you think it's 20 year old sluts? that are using abortion as birth control.
1: I was going to say 18 to 25 year old white
0: males. That's hilarious. Uh, no, it's funny. The answer actually is uh, women 35 to 45 who already have children. And again, this is the place that's called Planned Parenthood. Like, forget what you think you know about Planned Parenthood and just focus on what that what that term is. Mm-hmm. A Planned Parenthood. So if you're not financially able to have the child or not emotionally ready or whatever your situation might be, that's the whole idea. You it's a you want a planned parenthood, not an unplanned one. Unplanned ones don't always go as well.
1: And it can't be said enough times that abortions aren't the only thing that planned parenthood does. Right. If you're, it's like wanting to shut down, gas stations because they sell cigarettes
0: right there you go
1: it's it's cutting off if you're whether whether you're pro-choice or pro-life cutting off funding in general to something like planned parenthood isn't just getting rid of abortions it's such a a a, an important aspect medically and knowledge-wise for people when they're trying to have kids especially that first time if you even if you've got kids you've got a little bit of not you've got Personal experience with that but so many people That go to Planned Parenthood just have No understanding of what it's actually like or what What hell could
0: come along With it I have four children I obviously don't believe in abortion Um because No one should have four children you don't need that many Honestly Mm -hmm. if I'm being If I'm being honest with you four is a lot of kids So I I personally feel like I'm an anti-abortion Person like I I'm I'm just That's not something I would consider Okay I'm pro-choice, though, Mm -hmm. and you can't eliminate any of the choices. The choice can't be you have to have it, give it up for adoption. That's not a choice. That's like a forced mandate. And we just went through a whole debate about forced mandates and how much we hate them. Also, even with
1: abortion, there's overflowing just foster homes already. Like adoption isn't a solution to a problem that's bigger than the solution you're offering up as an argument.
0: Right. Right.
1: But I, I, I am also pro choice. I, I would, uh, I, first of all, if I'm with a, a woman who's having a kid, like I'd like to have some input, but I'm going to be like, hey, where's your mind at first? Like that's just me. Um, cause I've known people on the opposite side and I'm just like, eh, that doesn't necessarily sit well with me. Um, but when it comes to just, like you said, the mandates of some, something, something it, it I think everyone is. If you put something in a blanket statement like that, like it was almost like uh, the the skit Republican or not from SNL. And they were like, this is Jimmy. He wants people to have their own say over what goes on with their body. Is he a Republican or not? Oh, God. Yeah. I saw and that. They, they were that was like, funny. Uh, what what context is this? They're like, that's the whole yeah, show. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. The The woman was like, I'm from Ohio. I'm really good at this. And she wasn't. Um, Yeah. But, dude, I talk about this like all the time. Like, I feel like. Right. If you were one of those people that bitched about having to get a vaccine and wear a mask for the last couple of years and you're like, no abortions. It's like, oh, my God, dude, that my body, my choice thing. You don't you don't even feel the irony there. No, that's insane. Now, I had a buddy, and I understood his stance on this, but in the end, I'm going to explain this to you. He was, like, adamant about abortion being banned, and I was like, what is your obsession with abortion being banned? And he told me, i seeing this girl. She got pregnant. She told him she was having an abortion. She went and had it behind his back, and he was pissed. How dare she? And... The more I got to know this guy, the more I realized she knew what an asshole he was and clearly didn't want this douche to be the father of her child. Um, So there's that, too, because, listen, in a lot of these states, man, if that thing does get overturned, if your dad got you pregnant or just some random rapist that came through your window... You have to have the baby.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. And it's so disturbing that people are like, that's still a blessing. Like, it's
0: unfortunate. Well, that that happened. and do you see where we are again, Robbie, when people talk about it's a blessing? Because how did how did the baby get there? If you ask my ex-mother-in-law, who lives just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, it's because God put the baby in there.
1: Yeah, I'm actually glad you asked me that as a rhetorical question.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't want you to... Exp- we'll do a sex education episode in the future, but yeah, God didn't put the baby in there. I'll explain it all to you. Right? Semen fertilized an egg, and that's how the baby was there. It's not a special blessing. It's just, you know... Again, listen, if if you think that life is super special, you should watch videos on wildebeests and zebras giving birth. Because I would tell you about one in ten survives. The rest get eaten about an hour after they're born.
1: If there is one miracle aspect about getting pregnant it's the fact that one cell outraced like a thousand and just won a giant race for the first thing to do to become a life form that is insane if you think about it
0: yeah i think it's like the boston marathon being released
1: inside you'd be like (laughs) get to the finish line first
0: (laughs) now listen some people have slow swimmers does that mean god doesn't like those people or is that a medical condition
1: I mean, I was a varsity swimmer, and I can tell you no one on the team liked a slow swimmer.
0: <laughs> My cousin spent like $120,000 on IVF in vitro fertilization to have their uh, kid. Oh, yep. Yeah. And he's a great kid, and I, I know they love him to death, but I don't know, man. I, I don't think I could spend that kind of money to bring on those kinds of problems. I can't even spend that kind of money on myself.
1: <laughs> You're 120 gonna, grand,
0: 120 grand so that you could spend about $450,000 to raise one. You know, it's a big investment and there's not a lot of ROI. Yeah. Well, if you've got that kind of money, your kid's probably going to
1: have a good chance of doing well. So now if it's you, an investment. That's why I would have a, have
0: a kid. It's a long-term investment. I'll tell you what's nice is the tax break that you get when you have a kid, especially if you have the kid late in the year, why late in the year? Well, because you fall into the tax bracket. And so you'll have had all oh. your money taken out, say as a single guy with no dependence. And then your kid's born December 25th. I'm telling you from experience. And uh, yeah, now you're retroactively a dependent. You get that credit for the whole year. You had a kid on December 25th. I did. My daughter was born on Christmas day.
1: Did you guys have like a full dinner made? Or,
0: no. Or was it expected? Uh, I don't. You're asking a great question. <laughs> what is what was the due date? I don't really remember. Um, I want to say maybe it was it was the 24th or maybe it was the 20th. I don't remember. All I remember is we got up Christmas morning and my wife walked downstairs. The kids were like, "We're gonna open our presents," and she was like, "Hey, my water broke." It was like eight thirty in the morning. The baby was born at eleven fifty two that night. Oh my god! So we spent all of Christmas twenty twelve at the hospital, and oh yeah, it was terrible because my wife can be—you know—that's not a pleasant experience for women.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I never made that assumption.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not. If you if you even thought a little bit that it did, it's it's bad. But, yeah, that was a whole day in the hospital. And as a matter of fact, at 11 o'clock, they made us go to sleep. They were like, look, the kid's not coming. We'll get up in the morning. We'll we'll try again. And I'm looking at the clock, and I'm thinking, dude, if this kid's not born in an hour, her birthday is going to be December 26th. Yeah. Which sucks even more than actually having your birthday on Christmas. And then I thought about this. We do a big family get-together Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then we all get together on Christmas Day no one's coming that next day your birthday sucks if it's the 26th the 27th the 28th the 29th or the 30th of december i would pay
1: 120 grand just to bribe the doctor to write 25 on the birth certificate <laughs> just so you can be like man this is going to be every year with this can we just please make
0: this a little easier <laughs> like this kid's going to feel so unimportant So this is what our show is going to be about. It's going to be a lot of this kind of stuff, and we're going to delve into, again, just super interesting things that uh, we're both fascinated by. We'll be talking a lot about outer space. Um, One of the things I recently learned is there's a 250,000-mile hole in the sun, and scientists don't know what's going on there.
1: That recently developed?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what was in. Uh, I think I saw it in April, and I and I thought to myself, I know Johnny Depp's, you know, got a civil trial, but why aren't they talking about this giant hole? The, and nobody knows what it. Why there's a, or if it's always been there, they don't even know.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I'm still a little bit more interested in Johnny Depp, but no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> what
0: a fascinating trial, by the way.
1: Yeah, that was. Oh God. I, if, if we're wrapping up, we
0: can't get into that. Right? That is just. right I don't want to get into that because we could totally talk about this because it's not done yet, obviously. Amber Heard has no money. She's going to have to appeal it or she's going to have to start an OnlyFans, I suppose. I'm race still honestly willing
1: to believe that at some point they're just going to be like, this was the world's longest reality prank.
0: Yeah, <laughs> dude. You know, it's funny all during that trial. I, I was just waiting for the judge at some point to just look at her and be like. Miss Heard, we wanna just wanna wrap this up. Like, let's having actual footage of the judge
1: at the end when everyone stands up, like for her, she just takes off her glasses and like rubs her eyes, shaking her head. Yeah. And nobody really were like, no one was upset about that because everyone knew how much of a joke everything was turning into. It, which is horrible to say about such an intense subject. Yeah. But to have it almost just become a comedy. Gaining viewership from that yeah. is absurd. But then again, she also did like take a dump in his bed sheets.
0: You so. know, I did ask the question early Allegedly, on. Allegedly. I don't know the legal statute, statute yeah. right now. <laughs> I asked early on, I asked this of my wife, she's a big liberal feminist. <laughs> she is. She knows that. She's cool with it. But I said to her, because she was like, You're watching this Johnny Depp thing? Like Amber Heard's nuts. And I was like, Oh, I thought we were supposed to believe the women. Like, no, not this one. But so and then and so I've been talking to people about this the last few weeks. And I'm like, there's especially with white dudes like obsessed with the idea of false rape accusations. Now, I'm 46 years old and I'm proud to say I've never been accused of rape. Not once. Zero. I like my NFL quarterbacks to have never been charged with rape. I am not a Kobe Bryant fan because of his experience. And I think for a lot of people, if you really knew this story about what happened with Kobe Bryant, you wouldn't be like, Kobe, Um, I'll be
1: honest. I have no idea what you're talking. about. We're
0: going to do a whole episode about Kobe Bryant and the rape and how he tried to throw Shaquille O'Neal under the bus to the cops during the rape investigation on the scene. Shortly after it occurred. Oh my
1: God. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was probably around that time, I was probably just like googly eyed at the Celtics being like, Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker.
0: Yeah, I, uh, boy, this
1: completely missed me.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah. People are like, why don't you like Kobe, man? And I'm like, dude, he's a rapist. They were like, nah, he got off on that. Like, he got off on that all right. And it cost him a lot of money. Yeah. But the evidence was damning. And if you listen to his statements, they're not good, but again, it was like, oh, this this chick's trying to get famous by what? Like fucking Kobe Bryant. That how does that make you famous? Was Kim Kardashian around at that point? No, I don't think she was. Yeah, I don't think she was a person yet. I think that was right around the time Nicole Richie and um, Paris Hilton were coming in into play. So, oh yeah,
1: one night in Paris. And, yeah, you've
0: seen that movie. Um, I was in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, dude, I don't know. I've never been with anybody who's like, we should film this. Mm-hmm. I, I, anyone that asked me that, I'd just be like, look, I don't have the lighting. This is a horrible space. I've never even been asked. You know what I mean? Because I do have nice equipment. I mean, I'm probably green probably screen or together- no, yeah, dude. You're going to be man. on a beach. <laughs> totally. We could we could make some things happen. No one's ever asked. and And that's shocking because I. There's a lot of porn out there. Mm -hmm. There's a tremendous amount of porn out there. And I thought to myself about this recently. Right. It's even amateur porn. I mean, OnlyFans is... Who's not having sex and posting it online? Is it just me? I don't know. I'm not making any money off it if it's (laughs) on there. (laughs) (laughs) Who said you have to make money off it?
1: I mean nobody, but wouldn't it be nice?
0: Is it still porn if if you're not making money off of it? No, then it's just poor. <laughs> <laughs> I would be all right with that. Just a leaked, a leaked tape. I would be fine with that. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't. It's have gonna leak.
1: Tape. People are gonna like hear this and then you're gonna be like it wasn't actually leaked he, <laughs> just, he just couldn't
0: wait any longer dude that's the other thing and that's one of the other big things about the, the trial we have ever heard was the, the Johnny Depp video of him smacking the, the cabinets around mm-hmm. and TMZ had the story up in like 15 minutes and they brought like the guy who's in charge of breaking news and they're like how, would, how could that possibly have happened and he was like well if the person who took the video just sent it to us and gave us immediate copyright mm-hmm. like we can have it up in 15 minutes and he would, they were like how long did it take to get Johnny's video up and he was like 15 minutes
1: <laughs> you know the guy that they had in there with the whole 15 minutes of fame yes. thing? love did, that guy. Did you see what he tweeted uh it might have been yesterday but after the trial well the 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 um the lawyer the female lawyer for Amber Heard's side went on like another talk show to talk about the case and like probably just Try and argue that it was just like misogyny and everything. Yeah. He just posted an image of that, and he's like, "This sounds like oh, what's the term when somebody looks for something like this?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> just continuing to just fan the flames of that. Two more thoughts on this trial. Number one, as soon as the trial ended, they immediately continued to defame Johnny Depp. I mean, they keep insisting now, even though the courts found that he's not an abuser. They're still going to go out there and they're going to say that. And so my question is, when is the sequel to this trial? Because if she keeps running her mouth like that, I can't imagine we're not going to see. That's like a second one.
1: It's like something out of Arrested Development. Like you can't get arrested for the same crime twice. <laughs> and it's like
0: uh, I I don't think that's true.
1: Uh, I've got the worst staffing attorneys.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God, dude, I'm so glad you like that show, because I actually do a podcast about Arrested Development as well. It's yeah, called the Banana that is Stand.
1: that is one of the greatest shows of all time. And I, 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 I've i seen that so, not so much the Netflix seasons, the first three, the original trilogy. Yeah, four and five aren't terrible.
0: They're not terrible. Some but people think they're terrible, and I get that.
1: It's clear to see a lot of the issues that they ran into with like their filming process and scheduling that they had to work around in it. And just because of that, it kind of takes a little bit of the magic of the show out for me. I don't know. It's, it kind of feels like on par with me going to like an international Disney land or Disney world. It's like, I've only been to the one in Florida. I know it's not the original, but it's the biggest and the most magical. So everything else seems kind of discounted.
0: You brought up Charlize Theron before. And I just, her, her, her appearances on Arrested Development, Mister F. I mean, if you if you don't know the show, I'll tell you right now too. And I'm I'm glad you like the show. It's it, to me, it's one of those shows where if you get it and you think it's brilliant, it's I personally think it's because you're a funny person and you are very witty mm-hmm. and smart. It's this is not like um, Big Bang Theory or Two and a Half Men where it's you know fart and dick jokes all the time. It's a small no show audience telling you when to laugh. Right. Yeah. You know, everything about that show is is great. And I remember when it went off there originally and I was like, wait, was it like the best show on TV? Yep. And then I saw the ratings were like putrid and it's like, dude, what? But also Fox really, you know, they had a really good show here, but they used to run Arrested Development like during the animation block on Sunday nights. It was like Simpsons, Futurama, Family Guy. And they would just stick Arrested Development all of in the middle of that. All shows that
1: Fox messed up with as well.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, dude. And again, it's like you know, The Simpsons. You can be a dumbass, and you'll you could still love The Simpsons. You're just catching the first joke and not the one that comes right after it that we're all laughing or at. Or the next
1: three jokes, frankly.
0: With Arrested Development, if you're a dummy, you'll you won't understand or you won't even see why it's funny.
1: They'll indulge you every now and then. But sure, that's, sure. That's probably
0: like, yeah, that's just crumbs to the entire piece of bread. I had a buddy try to make me watch
1: Portlandia. You ever watch that show. I've watched some of it. It's just it it missed me.
0: It, oh, my God, dude. It hurt watching that show. Really? Oh, it was so stupid. I was like my buddy was like dying. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like the most unfunny thing I've ever seen in my life. Is
1: it like multiple like different skits about Portland or is it
0: like a continuing plot and story? You know, I only I only saw the one episode. Have you um, seen documentary now? But it was terrible. No, what's that?
1: That's uh, Fred Armiston from. Portland. Yeah, I, I
0: like that guy. I, I, well, I, I think, do, and I
1: wanna. I would like to laugh
0: at him, but do, he's not funny.
1: It's essentially like they're making fun of a lot of different documentaries, and Helen Mirren introduces every episode. Oh, like that's it's great. like a really high profile. They did this one uh, be, uh, about being like a seventies California rock band, but they're originally from like Ohio um and it's it's almost like a like a making of the music documentary about the blue jean committee because they just wore like canadian <laughs> tuxedos it, it's so well done but then then there're just other episodes that completely fall flat and it's with fred armiston in my opinion i think he's incredibly funny but it's just so hit or miss a lot of the time and i think portlandia that's why it never caught on for me because it was just like I had to
0: find the right things and I didn't want to look. It's Armiston. Stop calling him Armiston. That's hilarious. Armiston. Oh, I, th- yeah. I thought there was a T in there. No, you know, so I want to say something because we're getting ready to wrap it up here. I mm-hmm. want to say something that I think some people might find controversial, but it's about acting and actors and people that people think are really funny. And I'm curious your take on this guy. I think Will Ferrell sucks. I didn't like him on SNL. And I, as someone who's been in broadcasting like my entire life, mm-hmm. I thought Anchorman was the stupidest, most unfunny movie I've ever seen in my life. The only scene that made me laugh was when Jack Black kicked the dog I off. I was the about bridge. to say that. I lost my mind, and that was it. And I, and I again do like, I, I love Ben Stiller, like everybody in that movie, Steve Carell, great cast. I like, um, Christina Applegate, like I there's a there was I went in and I remember like the movie ending and I thought it wasn't funny. Yeah. OK, so
1: I'm actually kind of glad I don't hate Will Ferrell, but I think too much of his too many of his roles or a lot of his skits or appearances on like late night shows and stuff. They just lack any comic substance and they get by on Will Ferrell's personality. That being said, like the other guys is one of my favorite comedy movies it, like top three favorite comedy movies I think it also is because it didn't rely on will Ferrell's typical just like step brothers or anchorman type really exaggeration those movies don't really last a, like take a high place in my personal favorites like other guys because there was a lot of subtle humor subtle lines that turned into comedy uh the Lego movie for the same reason like if if, if you've got a I don't want to say like more intelligent, but uh, just unable to process very subtle witty jokes that might be very obscure references that a lot of those movies make. That's what I enjoy. And I thought the other guys had a lot of that with Anchorman or Step Brothers. A lot of it was just absurdity like for comedy, which I've never really gotten all that connected to unless it's stuff like Jackass, in which case,
0: yeah, Jackass is a different level of that. I like Steve Carell a lot. I think Steve Carell is great. I I was glad when, they, when he left the office. I thought the office got a little bit better when Steve Carell left it. And the reason I say that is, first of all, I feel like he should have been fired in season one. Michael Scott would have been fired from the office. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, some of the antics were so over the top that I, like, Right, like I watch, I watch, the walking, I'll watch the walking Dead, and I'll, I'll, I'll suspend my disbelief. Right, like okay, I'm watching a documentary right about an office with a manager who's obnoxious and, and trying to be their buddy, and sometimes says or does inappropriate things. That's what she said. I love that. You know, like that? You could see a boss, you know, doing that. Some of the stuff is so unbelievably over the top. Yeah. And it didn't. I my point is, is it didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of that maybe was just Steve Carell kind of running with it, like like in the vein of a Will Ferrell. I thought that was some of the worst kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I I like Arrested Development because I think they got that kind of awkward stupidity to a very good level. And I I I'll admit right now, Steve Carell like typically ruins things for me. Like, I don't know why, but I saw, I saw Evan almighty and it just red flagged Steve Carell in in my mind for ever. And I've tried to overcome it, but it just doesn't work. Um, but the office just went above and beyond that awkward kind of over the top, almost like cringy humor. And that just made me uncomfortable so I can never really get into it. But an example in the office that I always thought was just like, not funny when, Dwight and I love the the feuds between Jim and Dwight all that stuff I think that's a great like recurring bit but like when Dwight was following the GPS into a lake because it was telling him like to turn right here and he just goes right into a lake and I'm like like I cannot suspend my disbelief at like to that level I'm what like, would
0: you do if I told you I drove into a fenced-in lot because a GPS told me to do it And I, I guess in my heart thought maybe on the other side of the lot, there might be a way to get to the other side and there wasn't, and I had to turn back around and go all the way around the block, but But, I've done that. But I would assume you'd be smart enough not to go down a declining road. Robbie, I don't know how far I was willing to take it. You know what I mean? If there had been a lake, would I have driven right into it? I drove into a parking garage once I destroyed a radio station van. By pulling into a parking garage that I knew I didn't have access to clear, you're talking to someone who just lived like
1: three miles away from the eleven foot eight bridge. You ever seen that? Yeah, eleven foot eight. Yeah, that's in Durham, North Carolina, where I was at for a while, and they still have the the CCTV cameras pointed at it. Yeah, totally worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah because it's 12 foot four now and people still run into it just Penske trucks usually now I got caught behind one it was great
0: that is great all right the inaugural episode of following flames I like this this I is fun this is a fun show and um I'm not gonna ask you to tell us what you want us to talk about because I don't really care um we'll talk about fun and interesting topics. And we'll try to make sure that we know what we're talking about. And as you can tell, we're
1: always going to stay on those one or two topics.
0: Yeah. We had, uh, I had some stuff written down here. And I don't know if we even touched on any of it, to be honest. But that's fine. And that's what this show is going to be. We're going to talk about, I like to, I read a lot. I watch a lot of stuff. And I like to share it with people. And my wife is so tired of hearing about it. I thought I would put it to good use on a podcast. And again, couldn't think of a funnier or smarter dude to do this with than you, Robbie.
1: Me neither. I couldn't find anyone funnier or smarter for you to do a podcast with either.
0: I appreciate that. That was like when Dick Cheney was in charge of fighting George Bush, a vice president. And three months later, he came back and he was like, it's me. I'm the guy. Like, oh, you're never going to be on my search committee again. I looked in every nook and cranny in a hall of mirrors and I could only see myself in this role. Yeah. The more I met with these people, the more I realized I should just do the job. <laughs> right? Like come on, dude. By the way, uh Dinner for Schmucks is a Steve Carell movie that not a lot of not a lot of people have seen. I think it was panned uh by the critics. I watched it. I thought it was a hilarious movie. And I want to tell you uh Paul Rudd's in it and Zach Galifianakis is in it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got it's got a pretty solid cast. It actually was, I thought it was a really good movie, but um, I have a really, my sense of humor is sharp. That'll so if I think homework. it's funny, you got you to gotta assume it is. Yeah, check it out. I think you're going to love it. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. We'll, we'll talk about a little bit of everything. And um, hopefully you can relate. I can't see how you couldn't. You know, if you've never driven anywhere that a GPS told you to go when you knew you shouldn't have, you know, you're lying. You've done it. We all have. Anyway, that's going to do it for episode one of Following Flames. We'll get some social media stuff set up. Mm -hmm. We didn't even think to do that before we started, but you can expect that to come. For Robbie McCluskey, I'm Joe McGuire. We'll catch you next week on Following Flames.